Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 162. And, uh, well, we went past uh, finally the first debate. We're uh, beyond it now. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite a bit of a a show. <laughs> it was not uh, It was not boring. It was not boring, and I think a lot of people were just in shock. They couldn't believe it. I think more on the left. I honestly, I expected, I expected it was going to be a bloodbath. It was, um, and um, I tried to do a podcast about it, but I didn't want to. I, I honestly, I'm happy I didn't do it because uh, the next day, because I would have made some mistakes. I found out. Several information, but we're going to talk about that another time uh, because I want to collect more information. I want to talk. I'm going to read to you uh, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano's letter, and he warns that he believes that uh, if Trump doesn't win, it won't be good for America. Not not on the world stage. Um, it's serious because I think he knows a lot more than we realize because. Uh, Archbishop Vigano uh, has moved around and has handled a lot of information uh, with uh, he's dealt with people of of various backgrounds and powerful positions on the planet uh, and also knows what a lot of people how they want to reshape the world because there's a lot of people out there that want to reshape the planet, reshape humanity. And it's serious. Before we begin, please subscribe and share my podcast. Uh, it would be a great help uh, for uh, if people would subscribe and share. It would let Anchor, Spotify, Google Google Podcast, uh, and Apple Podcasts. And uh, I know I just saw that I'm on iTunes now, so it, that's a surprise. Uh, please subscribe and share it. It would be a great help. Uh, and also, um, if anybody would like, please leave a comment. You can actually call up. Uh, Anchor has actually a comment section. And it would be a great help. I really would appreciate it. So, let's begin uh, this article. And first, let's begin with a prayer. I keep forgetting that. All right, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Tom, uh, Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And um, St. Joseph, uh, St. Joseph, guardian of the church and terror of demons, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, Defend us from evil in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, Vigano 
Biden's win would create new ally for apocalyptic, apocalyptic dictatorship of the New World Order. The exiled archbishop believes that he has an interpretive key to understanding the events that we are living through. All right. Uh, this is by Archbishop Carla Maria Vigano himself. All right. Uh, editor's note. The following interview was given by Archbishop Carla Maria Vigano to the Italian daily um, Il Gironia uh, reporter Francisco Biazzi. The English translation was sent to LifeSite for publication by Archbishop Vigano. Okay. Il Gronia, Archbishop Vigano, why did you write a letter in favor of President Trump? Archbishop Vigano, on August 14, 2011, Pope Benedict XVI let me know that it was his conviction that at that moment my providential position was the nuncier to the United States of America. This is what he wrote to me. I would like to tell you that I have reflected and prayed with re with reference to your condition after the recent events. The sad news of the passing away of His Excellency Archbishop Piadro Sambi has confirmed in me the conviction that your providential position at this moment is the nuncier in the United States of America. On the other hand, I am certain that your knowledge of this great country will help you to undertake the demanding challenge of this work, which in many ways will provide decisive, will prove decisive for the future of the universal church. My official assignment in that immense and beloved country has, has ended, but the challenge to which Pope Benedict referred to almost prophetically and in which he chose to involve me is still present more than ever. Indeed, it has become ever more dramatic, taking on the tremendous dimensions. The destiny of the world is being played out at this hour precisely on the American front. Now that I am free from my official assignment, the inspiration confided to me by Pope Benedict permits me to address President Trump with the utmost freedom. Pointing out, pointing out his role in the national and international context and how decisive his mission is in the uh, upper epoch confrontation that has been unfolding in recent months. An epoch confrontation, really. This is a question uh, given to Vigano. It appears today that the Holy See is being assaulted by enormous forces. I speak as a bishop as a successor of the apostles, the silence of the shepherd is deafening and unsettling. Some bishops even prefer to support the new world order, aligning themselves with the position of Bergoglio and Cardinal Porolin, who is a frequenter of the Bilderberg Club. All right. Has, has slavishly submitted to its dictates, like so many politicians, as well as the mainstream media. I am persuaded that everything I denounced in my open letter to President Trump last June is still valid and can form an interpretive key to understanding the events that we are living through. It remains an invitation to have hope. 
the Catholic Church in America, both in relation to the presidential election and more generally, appears to be split. This is a question. This thing is a question that's giving to Bigano. The Pope says that dividing is a work of the devil, but fracturing of the American Episcopate is obvious. What is happening? All right, so let me read that one more time. This is the question given to Vigano. The Catholic Church in America is uh, both in relation to the presidential election and more generally appears to be split. The Pope says that dividing is a work of the devil, but the fracturing of the American Episcopate is obvious. What is happening? Vigano's, re Vigano's response, the split within the American Episcopate is the result of an ideologi ideological action carried out since the 1960s, especially within the Catholic universities, and by the Jesuits in particular. Huh, I'm not surprised. The f in the formation of an entire generation of young people, the progressive indoctrination on the political front and the modernist indoctrination on the religious front have created an ideological support for the 19, for 1968, which began with the Second Vatican Council, as Benedict XVI confirmed in his essay, The Principles of Catholic Theology, Adherence to an, uh, an Archaic and Utopian Marxism, was supported on the front lines by many chaplains of universities, and youth associations who saw the blossoming of Christian hope there. The, the dominant fact is found in the events of May of 1968 in France. There were Dominicans and Jesuits on the barricades. The intercommunion that was held during an ecumenical mass in support of the barricades was considered as a kind of milestone in, sal in the salvation history a sort of revelation that inaugurated a new era of Christianity. In this split in the United States, which today has become even more obvious as the presidential elections approaches, is also widespread in Europe and Italy. The highest level of the church have desired to make a radical and in, many, in my opinion, unfortunate choice preferring to follow the mainstream thought of environmentalism, uh, immigrationism, and the LGBT ideology, rather than courageously standing up against them and faithfully proclaiming the salvific truth announced by our Lord. This choice took a great leap forward beginning in 2013. With the election of Jorge Mario, Mario Bergoglio, but it goes back to at least almost 60 years ago. It is significant that even then the Jesuits and all of the Catholic intelligentsia of the left looked to Mao's China as a privileged interculter, almost a driving force behind the alleged social renewal. Just as today, la, okay, this is Italian, la salvitia Catholica by Spadro uh, Society of Jesus, I guess it's someone who wrote this, looks to Xi Jinping's China 
The Jesuits who supported the guerrillas in Latin America and who were on the French barricades in, in May of 1968 today use social media to make similar claims, always with their eyes tor- towards uh, turned towards Beijing, while carrying the same hatred towards America. It is true that division is the work of the devil. Satan sows division between man and his creator, between the soul and grace. The Lord, however, does not divide, but separates. He creates a boundary between the city of God and the city of Satan, between those who serve the Lord and those who fight against him. He himself will separate the just from the wicked on the day of judgment. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to 46 after having placed himself as a stumbling stone. Romans chapter 9, verse 32 to verse 33. Separating the light from the darkness, good from evil, according to the teaching of the Lord, is necessary if we want to follow Christ and renounce Satan. But it's also necessary to separate when we choose who best protects the rights and faith of Catholics from those who only nominally proclaim themselves to be Catholic, while in fact promoting laws that are clearly opposed to both divine and natural law, just as the shepherd who warns the flock about the attacks of the wolves is also divisive. John, Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 1 to 18. Accusing Trump of being Christian solely because the fact that he wants to protect national borders, invoking, I'm sorry, accusing Trump of not being Christian, I apologize, solely because the fact that he wants to protect national borders, invoking, invoking the specter of uh, sovereignism as a disaster, being sovereign, sovereign country, sovereignism as, as a disaster while human trafficking is allowed. Remaining silent in the face of the persecution of Christians in China and elsewhere, or silent before thousands of prof- uh, prof- uh, you know, attacks against churches that have been happening for months all over the world, is not all this divisive? Question. Joe Biden is a pro-abortionist, but some American Catholic circles seem to overlook this aspect. Look, for example, at James Martin. What do you think? Vigano's response. Father James Martin is the standard bearer of the LGBT ideology. And despite this, indeed, because of this, he was appointed by Bergoglio, Pope Francis, as a consultor of the Holy See's Secretary for Communications. His work which is truly divisive in the worst sense of the term, serves to strengthen a fifth column of the progressive agenda. When the ecclesial body, so as to create an ideological and doctrinal split within the church and to make people believe that the demands of progressivism, including the so-called homo-heresy, homosexual heresy, comes from the ground up. In reality, we, we know well that the faithful are much less inclined to in, uh, innovations 
than public opinion is led to believe, and that the desire to show that there is a supposed will of the people in order to legitimize choices incompatible with the perennial teachings of the church is a ploy which has been used both at the ecclesial level, thinking of the liturgical form, which nobody asked for, as well as at the civil level, for example, with gender ideology. Permit me to recall the words of the American Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, who lived from 1895 to 1979. The refusal to take sides on the great moral issues is itself a decision. It is a silent acquiescence to evil. The tragedy of our times is that those who still believe in honesty and lack fire and conviction, those who still believe in honesty, they lack the fire and conviction, while those who believe in dishonesty are all full of passionate conviction. We learn to separate who is with Christ from who is against him, since it is not possible to serve two masters. You have, okay, now the question for him again. You have spoken of the deep church, the deep church, like the deep state. Is it really possible that one exists? Who composes it? All right, let me read this last paragraph one more time. One example is John Podesta, a Catholic liberal and Democrat, a former collaborator of Bill and Hillary Clinton, who is tied to John Halpin Center for American Progress. In an email of February 11, 2012, Sandy Newman wrote to Podesta asking him for directions on how to plant seeds of, rev of a revolution in the Catholic Church in matters of... Con <coughs> Excuse me. In matters of contraception, abortion, and gender equality, Podesta responded by confirming that in order to obtain this springtime of the church, note the echo of the idea of the concilia springtime, an organization's Catholic in Alliance for the Common Good and Catholics United have been created. These ultra-progressive associations have been financed by George Soros, just as he has financed Jesuit foundations and Bergoglio, Pope Francis' apostolic visit to the United States in 2015. We should also recall the conspiracy of the St. Gallen Mafia, which sought to oust Benedict XVI in consort with Obama and Clinton, who saw Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, as an obstacle to the spread of the globalist agenda. Now, St. Gallen, St. Gallen is named after, after a saint, an Irish saint in Switzerland. It's a place called St. Gallen, Switzerland. It happens to be a, um, a place where there was a, a strong communist presence during the Cold War. It also has a long history of uh, Freemasonry, Freemasonry uh, involved in that area. Uh, there was a connection between Freemasonry free by a lot of a lot of scholars believe with Freemasons have helped Lenin. And that's actually a place where Lenin actually stayed during when he uh, before he got his victory to re-enter uh, Russia and depose the Tsar. So 
And in that area, the St. Gallen Mafia, they refer to themselves jokingly as the St. Gallen. It was a bunch of cardinals who met, who had a lot of connections to the movers and shakers of the world. The movers of the shakers of the world uh, being people who were one world government, globalists, uh, people involved with great international uh, bankers. And um, anyway, those particular cardinals were involved in uh, Benedict ousting or getting Benedict XVI to quit and uh, replace him with uh, Pope Francis Bergo uh, Mario Bergoglio. That's uh, it's a fact. All right, let's continue a little bit more. All right. Um, as a Catholic and as a bishop, how do you judge what Trump has done? I limit myself to observing what Trump has done uh, during his term as president. He has defended the life of the unborn, cutting funding from the abortion, abortion multinational Planned Parenthood. Just as, just as in recent days, he has issued an executive order that requires immediate care for the newborns who are not killed by abortion. Up until now, they were allowed to die or they were exploited by harvesting their organs and selling them. Trump is fighting pedophilia and uh, 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 proto-Satanism. Oh, I know I'm mispronouncing that. He has not started any new war and he has drastically reduced the existing ones by obtaining peace agreements. He has restored God's right of citizenship after Obama had even gone so far as to cancel Christmas and impose measures uh, measures that were repugnant to the religious soul of Americans. And I also observe that the media war that has been waged by the press and the centers of power against the president, he has been demonized since 2016, despite the fact that he has dramatically obtain a majority of votes. It is well understood that the hatred against Trump, which is not dissimilar to what happens in Italy in the face of much softer members of the opposition, find its real motivation in the awareness of his fundamental role in the battle against the deep state and all of its internal, external ramifications. His courageous denunciation of communism of which Antifa and BLM are the global versions, while the Chinese dictatorship is the incubator, serves in some, in some measures to remedy the silence of the church, which despite the heartfelt appeals of the Blessed Virgin uh, Mary at Fatima and La Salette, has preferred not to renew its condemnation of this infernal ideology. And if Bishop Sanchez Serrando can declare with impunity against all the evidence that China is the best implementer of the social doctrine of the church. We can rejoice over the words of the president of the United States that no less courageous words of his secretary of state, Mike Pompeo. It appears that Bergoglio will now, will now not meet with the U.S. secretary of state, during Pompeo's trip to Italy this week. <laughs> All right, let me read it one more time. It appears that Bergoglio 
Pope Francis will not will now not meet with the U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo during the, the Pompeo's trip to Italy this week. We now have come to the point of a paradox, indeed of the ridiculous. Certain attitudes seem more suited to the whims of an undisciplined schoolboy rather than the prudence of a diplomatic protocol. Pompeo denounced the, the violation of human rights in China and received a sharp response from Santa Marta. And I won't play anymore. These are unworthy behaviors, which are the beginning to, ca to cause feelings of undisguised shame even among members of Bergoglio, Pope Francis' magic circle. Not only will he not receive the Secretary of State Pompeo, all right, uh, Pompeo, so as not to hear it said to him, Oro Rotondo, that the United States will not stand by watching idly as the church hands itself over to the hands of a ferocious dictatorship. But he did not even respond even to Cardinal Zen's request of an audience confirming the specific intentions of the Vatican to renew its submission to the Chinese Communist Party. Cardinal Zen, um, let me stop here, was imprisoned. He was, he's a Chinese cardinal. He was imprisoned and he was tortured and then finally released by the communist Chinese. Um, sadly, Pope Francis never gave him any respect to meet him privately when Cardinal Zen uh, protested the Vatican uh, contract deal with the Communist Chinese Party. And sadly, uh, even Pope Francis will not meet Pompeo. And uh, there's been accusations that Francis's pontificate gave the Chinese Communist Party a foothold into Italian politics and then European politics. And the, the pact between China and the Vatican was also pretty much to hand over the United States, to give China access to the United States, which is obviously uh, was happening uh, with the Democratic Party, because this is something that began under the Obama administration. And that's exactly what happened, because we also have Cardinal uh, McCarrick, who was put back into action by Pope Francis, and he went as an ambassador to China. And that's exactly what what the what what they wanted. All right. Uh, question: Do you do you did you organize a rosary for Trump? And if so, why? Vigano's response: I was urged by many people to launch this initiative, and I did not hesitate to join it. To join it, becoming the pro, pro, promoter of this spiritual crusade. This is a war without quarter, in which Satan has been unchained. And the gates of hell are trying to, trying in every way to prevail over the church itself. Such a contraction must be faced above all with prayer, with the in, uh, invis invincible weapon of the Holy Rosary. The involvement of Catholics in politics under the guidance of, the, of their pastors constitutes their concrete action as citizens who are members of both the, of both the mystical body of Christ on earth, as well as the human society. Catholics are not disassociated people who believe that God is the author and Lord of life when they go to church, but then at the ballot box, 
or as elected officials approve of the killing of innocent children, that is, the unborn. This action of the natural order is accompanied, indeed, it must be accompanied by the awareness that human affairs, as well as social and political events, have transcended spiritual dimensions, in which the intervention of divine providence is always the determining factor. For this reason, Catholics do not extract themselves from the world, but they do not flee from the political arena passively, waiting for the Lord to intervene with bolts of lightning. But, on the contrary, they give meaning to their daily action, to their commitment to society, giving it a soul, a supernatural purpose. Prayer, in this sense, calls down from the Lord, calls down from the Lord of the world and history, those graces and the special help which only he can give both to the actions of private citizens as well as to the work of those who govern. And, it, and if in the past even pagan kings were able to be instruments of the good in the hands of God, this can happen still today at a moment in which the biblical battle between the children of darkness and the children of light has rescued a crucial point. What scenario awaits the Catholics of the world if Trump should lose? Oh boy. This is this is going to be an interesting, an interesting one. It's also one that part of me doesn't want to hear. All right. What scenario awaits the Catholics of the world if Trump should lose? If Trump loses the presidential elections, the final uh, catacon uh, withholder, Catacon withholder will fail. He's quoting Second Thessalonians, chapter chapter two, verse six and seven. Okay, that which prevents the mystery of iniquity from revealing itself, and the dictatorship of the of the new world order, which has it, which has already won Bergoglio over to its cause, will have an ally in the new American president. He's referring to Biden. Joe Biden does not have his own identity. Wow. He is only the expression of a power that does not dare reveal itself for what it truly is. And that is hiding its, uh, itself behind a person who is totally incapable of holding the office of President of the United States. Also because of his weakened mental cap uh, capabilities. But it is precisely in his weakness for pending complaints in his ability to be blackmailed for conflicts of interest that Biden reveals himself as a marionette maneuvered by the elite, a puppet in the hands of people thirsting for power and ready to do anything to expand it. We would find ourselves facing an Orwellian dictatorship desired by both the deep state and the deep church in which the rights that today are considered fundamental and inalienable would be trampled with the complicity of mainstream media. I want to emphasize that the universal religion desired by the United Nations and Freemasonry has active collaborators at the highest level of the Catholic Church who usurp authority and adulterate the, main, the, the magisterium that are opposing the mystical body of Christ, which is mankind's only ark of salvation. 
with the mystical body of the Antichrist, according to the prophecy of the venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, ecumenism, Malt, uh, Maltism, environmentalism, Maltism, uh, I'll spell it out to some of you, M-A-L-T-H-U-S-I-A-N, Maltism, Maltism, <laughs> A word I got, I got to look that up. Environmentalism, pansexualism, and immigrationism are the new dogmas of the universal religion, whose ministers are preparing the advent of anti of the antichrist, prior to the final persecution and the definitive victory of our Lord. But just as the glorious resurrection of the Savior was preceded by his by his passion and death. So too is the church journeying towards her own Calvary, just as the Sanhedrin thought that it would eliminate uh, the Sanhedrin thought they would eliminate the Messiah, the Christ, by crucifying him. So the infamous sect believes that the eclipse of the church is a prelude to its end. Okay, okay. The the infamous sect believes that the eclipse of the church is a prelude to its end. A tiny remnant remains, made up of fervent Catholics, just as the Mother of God and St. John and Mary Magdalene remained at the foot of the cross. We know that the destiny of the world is not in the hands of men, and that the Lord has promised that he will not abandon his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. The words of Christ are the rock of our hope. Behold, I am with you all days until the end of the world. Matthew chapter tw uh, 28, verse 20. Well, um, that's that was long and that was very interesting. It, something came to my mind. Remember uh, what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus got arrested, when Judas brought the mob over. It was a mob. Is it interesting? We have mobs today, crazed mobs. They came over, and uh, Judas betrayed our Lord with a kiss. And then our Lord got arrested, and then suddenly the apostles, Peter, and they all abandoned him. They all abandoned him, and he was arrested. And they took him to for for an illegal trial, because they arrested him at nighttime. At nighttime, and nighttime is was illegal according to the law of Moses. Uh, actions like this, instead of broad daylight in the night, usually means uh, there's criminal activity. There's something people want to hide. Well, they arrested him and they brought him to uh, a trial, and they held a trial that night quickly to pass it through. Then they handed him over to Pilate. And uh, even Pilate was was uh, quite disturbed, and he obviously had to known about Jesus. He must have heard about this preacher in the marketplace and everything. And um, they uh, they quickly came up. They had they had to come up with some form of accusation to bring against him. So they had to come up with a false political one, saying that he said that you can't have. Uh, you can't, you can't, you, one cannot pay taxes to, to, you know, they want to say he refused to pay taxes to Caesar. And next thing you know, of course, they came up with other accusations. But Pilate knew it was fake. You know, it was all fake accusations, phony accusations. But the main purpose was finally, as 
he was forced to hand him over. The crazy part about all this was that um, they, that his apostles abandoned him. They abandoned him except maybe for his mother, John the Apostle, and several others. A remnant was left at the foot of the cross. So what exactly is going to happen to us? What happens if, let's say, he goes, even if Trump wins, we're still going to have to face this problem. What happens after he's gone, after the next four years? This is the stuff that worries me. A lot of people don't realize this. This is about, this is, this is serious matters. And we're going to have to address this. Um, I like to review this again. Uh, I like to do another podcast on this and go through uh, the answers because I think uh, it'll be interesting to, to study this more. Anyway, I'm going to end it here and uh, I want to say God bless and we'll be back together again soon. Please remember to subscribe and save and please, if you can, you can maybe leave a comment in the comment section. I really appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. And uh, we'll be together again soon. Amen.